Welcome to Night Light. Step away from the mainstream and gather around as we enlighten the world and our realities and travel this cosmic journey we call life. Join us as we share with you and provide that beacon that can guide us all to a better way. Explore with us as we examine a metaphysical montage of spiritual insights covering everything from the mundane to the magical, UFOs to unicorns, and everything in between. This is a time of awakening, of sharing and evolving, of spreading our wings and soaring on the cosmic breath of creation. Come and join with other light-minded spirits as we weave our lights together to seek understanding, enlightenment, and with a little luck, some wisdom. This is Nightlight, a reminder that you are never alone. Welcome everybody to Nightlight. So glad you could join us. Hope you have your shopping and your wrapping all done and you'll be able to put your feet up and take a short respite with us while we talk about fascinating things. First, I want to thank Ken Quiethawk for that amazing intro. Please check him out on the internet. You can find him by Googling either Native Storytellers or Ken Quiethawk. You'll find his website fascinating, his material enlightening, and a joyful experience will be had by all, I do promise you. Tonight, Mary Joyce, editor of Skyships Over Cashiers, returns again to further enhance our understanding of the unusual and profound happenings here on planet Earth. Tonight, we're going to be talking and delving into the evidence of ancient civilizations that have been found off the coast of California. Mary has worked for two major metropolitan newspapers, the Orlando Sentinel in Florida as an artist and columnist, and the Oakland Press in, Michigan's, in Michigan as a Sunday magazine editor and then a feature editor. On the side, she's written magazine articles and books, and since 2008, she's been the main researcher and editor for the Skyships Over Cashiers website, which features a wide variety of cutting-edge topics, from UFOs to secret underground bases, from Bigfoot to Cherokee Little People. She's gone from investigating mob stories in Detroit, including Jimmy Hoffa's death, to interviewing people with the highest top secret clearances about clandestine government activities. She's even had a face-to-face -face interview with a whistleblower with cosmic top secret clearance who once worked within the loop the top tier of the infamous International Cabal. Because of her website and book, she's been a frequent guest on radio and TV shows in the USA, Canada, United Kingdom, and Australia, and also Nightlight Radio. You can find her and her amazing website at www.skyshipsovercashiers.com. I do encourage you to check out the website. It's fascinating. You'll get lost in it. Please wait until the show is over to go there, though. The link is in, um, in the write-up on the show, and you can click on it. It'll take you right there, and I guarantee you hours and hours and hours 
of fascinating, titillating information that will absolutely whet your appetite for more. So, welcome to the show, Mary. So glad you could join me. We have some really fascinating material that we're going to go over tonight. Mary, are you there? I'm, I'm here, yes. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. <laughs> we're back on the air. All righty. Uh, technology, isn't it wonderful? <laughs> so you've uh, got can... some material here. Go ahead. Go right ahead. Okay, so you've got some material here that is absolutely fascinating, and I'm, I'm very excited to get into it because it sort of connects to a lot of um, material that I've investigated over the years as far as, you know, civilizations that have sunk and stuff like that. And to find it so close to home, it boggles the mind that it's this close to home and nobody's looked at it yet. Uh, what's fascinating to me is that there have been uh, lots of things written about uh, the things of legends. It, it's either known as the continent of Lemuria or Mu or Pan, and the old the old legends say it sank deep into the ocean. And this has been poo-pooed as just a legend. But when you begin to find ancient ruins, uh, you know, off the shore of California, you begin to think there must be something to this. this. These truly look like ruins from an ancient civilization. I first uh, learned about one back in, uh, way back in 2014, and there was um, uh, something discovered off the coast of Malibu, and it was only um, a mile and a half beneath the surface of the ocean. Um, but it was huge. It was uh, two and a half miles wide. And when you begin to look at the structure, and with Google Earth and some of these different tools, you can measure it. Not only was it two and a half miles wide, it had this big, large, flat roof on top of it. And it wasn't just like shingles on a, on a house roof. It was like 500 feet thick. And it was held up by pillars that were anywhere from 600 to 630 feet tall, you know, sort of like a portico in front of the, uh, the, the whole structure. There's no way that this is the result of Mother Nature. It has been created by humans or some kind of intelligence. Um, so that's what I first learned about, and that was six years ago. And then something got in my head um, just like two weeks ago, and I thought, maybe that's not the only thing along the coast. And so I started using Google Earth and began to scan the entire coast of California and found three more ancient structures uh, that clearly are not uh, man-made. Uh, one of them, I call it a footprint. It looks like the footprint of an ancient community. And when I measured it, the length of it was, or is, 500, I mean 1,500 yards in length. That translates to the length of 15 football fields. So it's no small footprint, and it has very geometrical uh, corners. Um, and again, it's just, there's nothing like it around it, and yet it is so close to the shore. It's between uh, Long Beach and Huntington Beach, um, California. Um, 
And it's only 46 miles from the first structure I learned about in Malibu. So that's two that, you know, give evidence that there was something uh, a long time ago that has been submerged. Another one um, people can find on Google Earth by simply typing in Isla Coronado. And it is an island um, that would be south of San Diego. And if you just find that island, you don't even need coordinates because this structure is bigger than the entire island. Um, I think it's like uh, four miles long. And it to me it looks like a giant uh, Twinkie. And again, there's a portico around the edges of it, and it looks like there's columns. And from above, because it's uh, sloped on the edges, it, you can see the dots all around the edges of it um, that kind of outline it. So uh, that's 230 miles from Malibu. Uh, so that gives you some idea of how extensive it is. And then even a little bit north of Malibu, I found a fourth ruin, and it looks like a farmer's field, um, except it's pretty big. Uh, it's 25 miles in one direction and 28 miles in the other direction. And even the farmer's strips are uh, wide. They're between a mile and a mile and a fourth uh, in width. And when I did all this scanning along the coast, I couldn't find anything else uh, like that. And even if I did, it still doesn't look like Mother Nature would create this uh, crosshatch perpendicular farm field is you know I'm sure it wasn't a farm field but nevertheless uh, it's it's got structure to it and that one is just south of uh, Big Sur State Park I believe it's called Pfeiffer's Big Sur uh, Sur State Park so those are just some things along the coast of Florida I mean not Florida uh, um, California that give credence to this whole idea that there was an ancient civilization in the Pacific well, yeah, I mean, Lemuria and Mu, um, both of them were fabled to be in the Pacific. Lemuria, Lemuria between um, Madagascar and India, and and uh, Mu just Easter Islandish out in that area. But you know what gets me is that that here in the United States we don't even think that there could possibly well. Not we, because you and I believe there are, but 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 they nobody has given any put any effort forth to find the antiquity that is out there. I mean, you know, you got the Bimini Road um, down by Bermuda, but but off the coast of California makes a great deal of sense, knowing that the ocean, you know, has risen and fallen um, by hundreds of feet, you know, over this over the millennial you know over the over the thousands of years so that the fact that that there were cultures that you know that our coastline extended that far makes perfect sense and i don't understand why why archaeologists aren't um you know taking a look and and you know seeing um seeing what could possibly be there well there have been a lot of divers and archaeologists that have checked out um Let's see if I remember how to say it. 
uh, Yanaguni uh, ruins off of the yeah. uh, island, of the far west island of Japan. It's so far west of what we think of as Japan that it's almost touching Taiwan. And there, you know, the underwater structures are truly incredible. They're uh, much clearer than the ones I found along the coast of uh, California. Huge mammoth um, stonework, very geometrical. And um, uh, you had mentioned that perhaps uh, uh, Lemuria and Mu and Pan were different parts of, um, uh, you know, different civilizations. It may have been such a vast um, civilization that they really are names for the same place. And I did some research, and again, it was cursory, but even just doing limited research, I found that the word Pan, which is one of the names for this lost continent, the the word Pan, P-A-N, um, shows up in, I found, 52 words from 15 countries that uh, touch on the Pacific Ocean. And why in the world would there be so many words using P-A-N? Uh, even um, in India, they had a King Pandu, and um uh, it, it's it's just a word that's used over and over and over again. Um, there's one town that's called, and again, I don't know how to pronounce Indian words, but it looks like Panagi, um, and it Panag- means Panagia, yeah. I don't. I they spell it differently than I'm familiar with. That's the reason I'm not sure. It's spelled P-A-N-A-J-I, and mm-hmm. rather than Pangaea, which would be over in the Atlantic but it means land that never floods. So, you know, these are remnants of a civilization that would have been on the outskirts of this sunken structure. Uh, There's a Hawaiian ancient chant, uh, which I will not bore everybody with by citing (laughs) the whole thing, but uh, the chant talks about explosions from volcanoes that blew the earth to pieces. And I think I'll quote this part of it. The swirling, shifting ocean climbed the mountains, sucked in and swallowed up life as it climbed higher and higher above the homes of the inhabitants. And that's part of this uh, ancient Hawaiian chant, which, you know, is right smack in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. Well, it's just, you know, to me, I do begin to wonder before the 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 uh the plates shifted we were all one great big blob of earth and then the the uh the the sheets shifted and created the continents sort of as we know them today so i'm wondering if what you're seeing beneath the surface certainly i i don't i i mean if they if they went and looked at the the ones off the coast of Japan. I have no idea why they're not looking at the ones off the coast of of California, because especially this this one that you know you initially, I, I think the, the the big one, this round one with pillars. You said you know could this be a UFO landing site or something like that? And you know my thought is yeah that could be a, a the, landing the site re- for sure. The reason the reason that um, I said that uh, you found an old article I did back then. And the reason I said that I is because there are so many UFOs that are seen in that specific area off the coast, and they're they're also seen going into the water. So there's speculation 
that there's a connection between the UFOs and this underwater structure. Um, I don't know which way, you know, we should go with this. Uh, Both things may be a reality. Maybe the UFOs were part of the ancient civilization, too. I do not know. Um, But the other three structures that I found uh, do not have the appearance of something that would be the receptacle for a fly-in UFO. Only that first one from Malibu. You've got these beautiful, beautiful pictures of these structures, now, is that from Google Earth? Um, are you the, are you talking about the ones I, I found a, off the coast of California? Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. I, I use Google Earth, and then I uh, took pictures of uh, the Google Earth images and put them in the, in the postings. Because it's so clear. You'd think that, I know, you, know, somebody, I know. you know, somebody flying over... I forget which one of the astronauts took pictures of of shipwrecks. Um, I can't remember which astronaut it was because at some point there was, um, he shared his journals that he had spotted the shipwrecks um, in the Caribbean, I believe, and and gave them to someone who is now um, shipwreck hunting from his charts. But if, if the water is that clear that the, that you know Google Earth couldn't get them. Why hasn't I mean? How can somebody not see this and think we need to investigate that? I mean, it just bottles the mind. That's a really good question, and I don't have an answer. But you know, if a few of us keep talking about it, maybe uh, uh, more will come of it. Uh, we will jump to the other side of the country. Then you mentioned Florida, and a long time ago, back in 2012. Um, I did an article about sunken pyramids off the coast of Florida, and um, the article just talks about uh, three sunken pyramids off of Florida's Atlantic coast, but actually there uh, is talk of six of them, and three of them are um, on the west side of the Gulf Stream, and three are on the east side of the Gulf Stream. And the Gulf Stream is really like a river in the ocean that goes along, uh, you know, just off the coast of the United States. Um, And what made me think of it is you mentioned uh, seeing it from above. And what treasure hunters have done for quite some time is they will fly low uh, in small planes at at very, very low um, elevation and, you know, really scoot across the top of the water looking for mm-hmm. uh, sunken ships. And they will do this after major storms because the storms will stir up the sand and these things will um, be evident for a while, and then the sand will cover them back up. I first got a hint of this when uh, years ago I lived in um, Cocoa Beach, Florida, And one day I was at the pier. I was with uh, friends at uh, the bar on the pier. And there was a young couple there, I guess plus or minus 30, and we got into a conversation with them. And they were divers, and they were very excited because they had been diving off the coast of Vero Beach, Florida. And again, it was after um, a storm had happened, and they saw the peak of a pyramid uh, where the uh, the sand had been washed to the side, and uh, oh wow, uh, you know that was oh, my God, that was back in the when did I live there? I lived there in the eighties, <laughs> so that was the first hint I ever had that stuff was going on like that. Um, 
but I didn't start writing about it until we started the website, and the website was started in 2008. And this story that I posted wasn't until 2012. One of the guys that I wrote about, he's actually known as Buster Conway, but his real name is Alfred, and he worked with uh, Mel Fisher, um, you know, who found all these, found the Atosha treasure ship off of uh, Key West. And so he would fly um, over the, you know, along the coastline looking for more sunken treasures or more sunken ships. And one day after a fierce storm, uh, he saw a flat-top pyramid that he said was about 1,000 feet square. That's huge. That's absolutely huge. Um, But again, uh, the, the sands are constantly shifting, and so these things appear and disappear. Yeah, but the Bimini Road, of course, that's very close to the surface. So I guess maybe the sands don't have a chance to actually cover that up. But um, and, and see, this is this has always bothered me that the, the Bimini Road is there, and they're writing it off as natural um, rock formations. And anybody who looks at it knows that it's not natural. That there was some sort of a port or a harbor there, and they seem to just archaeologists are funny people, you know, they really don't want you to rock their boat at all. Pardon the pun, but they, they don't want to, to accept something that goes beyond what they think is, you know, absolute. Yeah. And I know that, uh, you know, from what I've seen from the people that I've talked to, it's absolutely man-made. It has to be because when you look under, under these stones, you know, they, they are supported. They're, it's obviously been laid as a road of some sort or, or a breakway of some sort. So, you know, we have all of this antiquity around us. And it's, it's like the Japanese, the, you, you pronounced it better, the Yogiuri or whatever pyramid out, out in Japan. I mean, those, those absolutely are man-made. And yet, They've had scientists go down and say, "No, no, this is just this is artificial." And I think that I guess no I'm going to I'm going to spell the name of that uh, as best I can because I think everybody ought to go look up uh, photo images of these structures off of that Japanese island, and it's Yanaguni, oh, and it's Y O N, I believe it's Y O N A G U N I. Uh, I hope I don't have one of the vowels mixed up with that. Um, but <laughs> Yanaguni. And there's lots of photos that divers have taken, and there's no way you can blow those off as any kind of natural structure. You might possibly be able to do that with the Bimini Road because the rocks are more rounded and, you know, who knows. But these structures mm-hmm. are sharp and geometric and huge. Oh, and yeah. I, uh, I, I suggest that everybody, uh, you know, take a look at those. I totally agree with you because they, um, first of all, and don't you find it amazing that these kind of structures that that are coming up, um, the the Japanese pyramids underwater, and and what you've what you've cited, they're massive. They're they're not little you know little mud hut type things. They're absolutely massive, almost as though um, the structures at Yanaguni. 
the structures at Yanaguni look much more like um, uh, some of the pyramids in uh, South America or Mexico. Yeah. I mean, they're that geometric. And, 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 you know, you do begin to wonder because the – did they sink or did the or did the waters rise up because of course at the end of the ice age um the ocean level did rise up so you don't know if it was you know that the, the water rose or the the structure sank um it's kind of a toss up because uh, right, you know, of course right i i wouldn't want to argue one side or the other on that one but anyway they ended up underwater and they weren't always underwater yeah. How how deep are the ones off the coast of California? Did you 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 did mention how many feet, and I can't remember. I deep... don't know if I can remember off the top of my head on that one. Um, yeah, you have you have the structures, but they're not so deep that you can't dive them. They're not if as they deep were as really the Titanic. Deep, like um, Google Earth will not give me good images of the deep ocean, so it's a relatively mm-hmm. shallow section. In fact, the section off of Huntington Beach, it's like it's just like a, a flat porch going off from the coastline. I know. It's just the the one from 2014 is the one that really grabbed my attention because it looks it looks like it's a um a structure for gathering, a structure for working and when you when you get to the the fact that the pillars are 600 to 630 feet tall, that gives you some perspective as to how huge they must be. You know, it would, it would dwarf any of our buildings just about, you know, for, for the size of this. Oh, I got the answer for you. I got the answer for you. The one off of the one that you're talking about is Uh 1.4 miles beneath the surface of the ocean. Okay. A a tad deep, but Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm looking at it too. 1.4 miles. Um, but you know, this is what I love. This is history hiding in plain sight. And all you need is somebody to go down and take a look at it. I mean, how could you? The roundness I could see, maybe you could say, was was natural, but not when you see the pillars underneath holding it up. That to me is saying, oh, there's something here. And now I'm going to dig way back into my brain, so I'm only going to be able to give you a little bit of what I remember. And Edgar okay. Casey, who was the best known, most respected psychic, uh, medium psychic from the 20th century, predicted yep. that somebody would find uh, the ruins of Atlantis, um, you know, in the area where Bimini is in, I believe, 1968. That was the year that um, uh, two young men in their boat did find it. So... Uh, that's another kind of one of those. It's a, it's support for the whole idea, but it certainly is not something that would pass the sniff test with the scientists. Um, but those no, who are open not. to those who are open to um, you know actually quite credible uh, psychics like uh, Edgar Casey, um, it gives credence to the whole idea. Well, yeah, and he also predicted, I believe, a pyramid that that you know, is supposed to be there too. Um, again, my, my my mind goes back that far to remember it, but I can't exactly remember how or when or where because he predicted so much that has come true. It's kind of hard to um, 
to remember which 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 year he was talking about but he he really he actually there were there were men who um were treasure hunters that paid him to um look for hidden you know sunken sunken treasure for them and he did it but he never they never found anything so and i loved his explanation it was it, it was that you know treasures like that would only be discovered when the consciousness of those looking was appropriate so um it was it, it and it makes great sense to me you know something's been hidden for from time from all of us for that long then it's going to take a certain level of consciousness to be ready or or able to absorb whatever information is down there so that does not pertain to sunken ships with you know treasure from looting right. the indigenous peoples but but um you know it just it just it's it's such a tantalizing thing and the pictures are so obvious and i just i look at them and i think i mean some of this stuff you know resembles um ancient flower beds and stuff like that that have been found in the michigan area so that it looks like there was you know some sort of um community there and if there was do the local people do the indigenous people have any any uh, stories of of their ancestors or things like that 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 might take you back. I know that that sometimes, well, Lemuria supposedly sank beneath the waters twelve thousand years ago. That's a long time for a myth to hang on. But um, you know, you do begin to wonder. It's it's. I love the fact that it's right here in this country and nobody's looking at it yet. They'll go over and they'll spend millions of dollars digging at Go Gobekli Tepe. Mm-hmm. And there's probably yeah. stuff that is e- equally as old here in on this continent, and it's just a matter of finding it and and um, investigating it. But but apparently, apparently a lot of the, the uh, people who look for antiquities prefer to stick to you know the known areas where they are, like Turkey and in Istanbul and Egypt and and South America. And, and and yet here we've got something in our backyard that could you know that would be fascinating to look into, you know if you if you look into it and then you discount it okay, but I'd love to send a submersible down there and have it check out that one site from from 2014 because that to me is 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 a structure. There's no doubt about it. Um, a, a bunch of years ago, again, um, I did an article about uh, uh, America's Stonehenge. Um, and it looks like a smaller version of of Stonehenge. It's in the bottom of one of the Great Lakes. Yes, yes. Um, I think there's also a structure very similar in South Africa, and 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 then of course there's the Stonehenge in in um, New Hampshire. Um, they they may well have been more than just something to mark the solstices and the quarter quarter days it does feel as though um there are other uh other purposes to structures like that and i think one of the things that fascinates me so that you know so that when i cross over it's a question i have a list of questions i'm going to ask when i get on the other side um and and one of them would be the purpose of stonehenge because you know we we can only look from our frame of reference 
and try to interpret what things were meant to be for. And we may be so off, you know, that, that it's, it's, it's going to be almost amusing to find out what they were really meant for, what they were really used for. I mean, it, it makes sense that it, it marks the longest days and the shortest days, but that's an awful lot of work to put into something like that, unless there were other purposes for it. And um, I don't I believe. I sometimes imagine uh, what people in the future would say if they found some of the things that we have now and how they would interpret them. You know, you would just have to wonder. I mean, what about all these CD discs if that's all they found were these CD discs all over the place and they wouldn't have a player, they wouldn't know how to get the information off of it, and they would be puzzled by why in the world these little silver plastic discs are all over the place. Oh, yeah. Well. Well, yeah, and I think the other thing on the on the same the same line was I I, I got to wor- wondering, all right, so we have structures that are um, over ten thousand, some of them forty thousand years old that we've discovered, and we've tried to figure out what they were used for. But what if you went forty thousand years in the future, and the only thing left of our civilization? theoretically probably would be whatever was on rock, which means it would be Mount Rushmore. Mm. And (laughs) they would probably be, that's the only thing that that our culture to this point in time has left in in stone that might survive an ice age and whatever else. So you see, and, and of course they wouldn't be as sharp as they are today. They would have been weathered by 40,000 years what would they say? You know, who who were these people? What you know, were they gods? Were they? I mean, can you can you imagine? The only thing left of our civilization in forty thousand years may well be Mount Rushmore. <laughs> I know well, there's some movie the, that I saw, and it it either started or ended with um, uh, the devastation of uh, the United States, and the only thing that they found was um, the Statue of Liberty. That Planet of the Apes. <laughs> Was that it? I don't know. It's from my I, again my ancient past. Yeah, no, I I think yeah they do they do see her broken and crumbled, but not as much as that many years would probably have done it. But but you know it it does make you wonder what is our legacy? You know the Egyptians left the pyramids, or 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 maybe. Maybe it wasn't even the Egyptians. Maybe the Egyptians walked into and found the pyramids and used them. And so what was the culture that was before that? And, you know, I sometimes wonder if, if a lot of the stuff that we've got here today is remnants of maybe one of the last mass extinction times. I I hear what you're saying. Because, because you can't explain, nobody can explain the Great Pyramid. You know, it was a generator, or it was a this, or it was a that. But they, they have no explanation for really what it was. And all we can do is try to figure out from our frame of reference, it's it's sort of like, you know, they 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 described UFOs differently than, than we do today. And so, but we don't have any idea what they are they they could they could easily be 
I don't know. I read science fiction a lot when I was when I was much younger. Um, I had a very quiet childhood, and, and I, I, at one point I, I read a book that that explained that that the population here on Earth was actually where um, a spaceship went by and they dumped their you know how the planes dumped their blue water from their septic mm-hmm. systems. <laughs> that 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 actually the spaceship going by dumped that on here. So, so we are ascended from the refuge of a spaceship that was going by at some point in time, which, which is also a possibility for all I know, but it just, it, it does make you, you wonder, you know, we have to, we have to try to make sense of things. And when we do it, because our frame of reference is so small, we limit the potential of what we're looking at just like these wonderful structures that you're seeing, all we can think of is, you know, maybe it was a community, but, but maybe it was more than that. Maybe it was, um, maybe it was from 40, 80,000 years ago before the, the, um, the ice melted. Now, California was California covered by an, an ice sheet. I I don't think it was. I don't, I don't think so. The Great Lakes and places like that are the ones that have the actual um, evidence of, uh, you know, glacial movement. Mm-hmm. So, so that because the land bridge was was open at that time, and and people did come over the land bridge. So, Southern California certainly could have been. Um, you know, it it could have been, all that area could have been above ground and it could have been an amazing civilization. And was it a, was it a civilization? Of course, by the looks of those structures, they, I keep thinking of giants and I can't stop thinking of giants with, with pillars that high and that, that large. I can't imagine how a, a smaller, you know, culture could have created them. Um, Although, giants, we have lots and lots of evidence of giants, and if you go down the coast, uh, the California coast, and just keep going down into South America, um, across from um, Ecuador and Peru is where they have those uh, giant skeletons, uh, skulls, you know, and they're huge, and they're shaped differently than the human skulls. Yeah, they have elongated um, skulls. Right. But isn't isn't there isn't there an island off the coast of California? I know there is, and I'm, it's not Catalina that had that had tons of bones of, of giants. I do not know. Oh, I yeah, th- there is, and I I remember um, Patrick and I talking about it one time. So, and it's it's an island off the coast of California that that just was loaded with bones of giants. Mm. Um, I'm going to have to go back and take a look at all of my records because I remember specifically talking about that with him and saying, you know, I wonder why, I wonder were they driven there and then died there or is that where they buried their dead or, you know, just what was the purpose of it? Um, um, because your head's going to pop with all the questions you have. I know, I know. I have a real long <laughs> list, but, but apparently I have forever to ask, so it's okay. <laughs> But but That's, there are yeah. so many things that are that are left dangling for us, you know, and and you just kind of wonder why or or what was the purpose of this? 
And and you know this down a mile. That's not that much. How far would the sea had to have re- retreated? Um, a lot. Mm-hmm. So it would have had to be. It would have had to have been during an ice age. So Correct. that puts it back. If that puts it back, the end of the last ice age was about ten, twelve thousand years ago. So it puts it back. And the Bosnian periods, pyramids are about 40,000 years old. So it would now, put it back. Yes? Some people, and I don't know how to justify this or uh, confirm it, uh, say that the uh, Yanaguni uh, monuments or ruins uh, are the oldest in the world. And they mm-hmm. say they're the remnants of a civilization that... Uh, you know, existed, you know, millions of years ago and subsided or disappeared about 24,000 years ago. Now, I have no way of confirming that in any way whatsoever, but that's one of the things I've read. Well, that that would be in the middle of an ice age when they disappeared, which would make sense. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering, um, not that they've been actually verified, but I believe they're there, the structures in Antarctica, how how long ago that must have been. But that... Uh, yeah, that good was, question. But I mean, that's... But, <laughs> we're, we're never going to run out... We're never going to run out of things to explore. Uh, but I'm going to uh, uh, emphasize again that I would love for all your listeners to uh, remember how to spell Yanaguni. And I'm going to spell it one more time because I think everybody ought okay. to look at these images. It's oh, Y-O-N-A-G-U-N-I, Y-O-N-A-G-U-N-I, Yanaguni. And, and if check it out on, on – You don't yeah, – that doesn't convince on, people. Oh, geez, yeah. Well, and check it out on YouTube because there are some YouTubes of them, of divers diving on them that are just phenomenal. I think uh, a number of people, I, I've seen a number of shows of, of the divers that that have gone down and looked at it and they come back saying it, it has to be man-made. It can't be artificial. I think the people who try to dismiss it as uh, some kind of natural formation are, I don't know, totally blind. Well, I, I go along with you on that. I know the, the one... Um, the, the one Japanese scientist who has done the most work on it uh, has created a a model of it, and it's 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 phenomenal looking and it's huge and uh, you know I think the the worst the worst occupation and yet the most fascinating is that of an archaeologist so long as you have an open mind and so many archaeologists don't have an open mind it's it's not like oh this can't be instead of wow wonder how that happened <laughs> i mean there's so many ways of testing things i'm not sure i know they can't carbon date rock which makes it all very very difficult but um how do you date something that old i mean you have i know usually they do it from artifacts that are scattered around it but obviously they haven't found any no Um, it's 
all the all the small things have disappeared. And the and the ones that you found, um, especially the one from 2014, um, appear to not have any. I mean, they've got the columns, but there's, the, but if they're as old as the hills, um, then there wouldn't be any artifacts around them, so that there would be no way to really time date them, except I would think that the, that something like this had to predate the last ice age. Mm-hmm. So that that takes you back really, really far. And now they're coming, now they're, now scientists are saying that even the pyramid and the sphinx predate the last ice age as well. So that, that you know, I can sit, sit back and say, see, I told you so. It didn't happen within the last 10,000 years. It happened maybe within the last 30 or 40,000 years. So, And there's a lot, there's a lot more people who are um, supposedly some kind of experts uh, who agree with you on that. Yeah. <laughs> I have nothing to base it on other than my, my intuition and my gut. And, and, you know, unfortunately neither of those are documented, you know, hundred percent accurate, although I'm pretty good on some things, but, but, you know, you sit back and you take a look at all of this and you, and you think, good heavens, this, this is such an amazing world. And, and there are such phenomenal things out there to be discovered. And, you know, everybody says, you know, well, the, our last frontier has been explored. And, and I mean, we, we have the seed to, to, to um, investigate and Antarctica for sure. And, you know, we don't have to leave the, the planet to have new frontiers to, to delve into. And, you know, it's, it's kind of like, um, you know, they want to land on asteroid belts and they want to, I, I don't know why we want to put somebody on Mars, but that seems to be the newest thing. You know, we've got well, to get I, somebody I, to I Mars. Think some, I think somebody's there. Oh, yeah. I, oh, you know, absolutely. I don't, we already have people there and they just don't want to talk about it. Well, I believe that too, but you know, <laughs> I'm not sure we can sell it to a lot of people. But well, um, I've done some postings on the website again using Google Earth Mars, and we found two structures: one in the northern hemisphere and one in the southern hemisphere that look like contemporary modular structures. You know, that would be for uh, encapsulated living. Um, the mm-hmm. most recent, you know, it's, you know, very convincing as far as I'm concerned. I think you and I have talked about this before. Uh, again, using uh, Google Earth Mars, found huge entrances that look contemporary uh, that any any flying structure could get fly into. And there's multiple oh, yeah. entrances like this. And even though they have the same basic garage-looking entrance, uh, the, the dimensions on them will vary from one to the other, so you know you're not just getting pictures of the same one. Um, so, yeah, I think there's definitely stuff going on. We've got a picture that we have of um, uh, a, a huge UFO that's landed, and, uh-huh. you know, it, it's clearly a UFO. Uh, it can't be anything else. So, yeah, there's a lot of activity on Mars. I think it was destroyed in 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 a dr- very dramatic way at some point in the past, but I think um, it's uh, regenerating, if nothing else, just by humans. 
Well, I, I would definitely agree with you on that. And as far as that goes, uh, on your latest, uh, on, on the latest uh, uh, from uh, Sky Ships Over Cashiers, you've got one of the openings for, yeah, for one of the... Yeah, we just Yeah. And, and your, and your it, listeners it, might find it interesting what the the uh, astronomers had, the NASA astronomers had to say about it. Uh, it says, why there, uh, they, these are their words totally, why there is a circular crater surrounding this hole remains a topic of speculation, as it is the full extent, as is the full extent of the underlining uh, cavern. Holes such as this are of particular interest because their interior caves are relatively protected from the harsh surface of Mars, making them relatively good candidates to contain Martian life. These pits are therefore prime targets for possible future spacecraft robots and even human interplanetary explorers. And that picture was taken uh, back in 2011, but it just became... Uh, available for the public to see uh, early this year. Wow. And you know what it resembled? It resembled the opening um, at the South Pole, too. So that, so that maybe, you know, we've been, we've been looking in the wrong places for the UFOs. Maybe the, the uh, UFOs um, all go into the interior of whatever planet they're, they're, exploring as opposed to landing on the surface, which especially would make sense if, to me. Especially if the exterior of the planet is kind of hostile, and apparently the uh, you know that's the condition on Mars. So being inside the planet sounds like it's really smart. Yeah, and, you know, going on that premise, I would think that, that we should be very, very careful because, we could look like the bad guys going to investigate, you know, like sending our, our, our drones and stuff in, we could become the UFOs of an, we could, we could swap positions and we could be the be UFOs. The bad guys. Or the, yes, we could be the bad guys. I mean, we've been the bad guys before. Let's look at the Europeans invasion of North America. Um, I, I, I think we really need to be very, very careful. Um, with something like this, assuming that there is a, there are inhabitants, um, being very cautious about how we approach the whole thing, so that we don't look like invaders. Uh, um, right, because that's what we would, that's what we would look like if we were sending drones in to check something out, or if we sent in our little white men with their spacesuits on to check something out. They would look like aliens to to another species. Um, isn't that funny? After all these years of trying to see if there was life out there, we discovered there was, and we became the aliens that had to be destroyed. I love the way your mind works. <laughs> uh, you probably yeah. we posted it on the website, and you probably heard it in the regular news. Um, the uh, Israel's uh, former security space program director or head of it. Um, went public with his um, uh, statement that we are um, involved with the Galactic Federation of Aliens. 
And not only did he say that, but he said there's an agreement between the U.S. government and the aliens. And since we're talking about Mars, I'll read one more sentence from his statement. There's an underground base in the depths of Mars where their representatives, meaning the ETs, are located and also our American astronauts. Yes, I saw that. I I just... Uh... Well, if they keep so much from us, you know, it, it's our minds will run wild. Mine will, especially. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I, but that's yeah, confirmation did, from somebody who's who's been in a very high-ranking position, and he held uh, that security space program director's position from 1981 to 2010. So he's been involved with that kind of thing for a very a very long time. And, um, and, and we, his, his but, statement was published in the Jerusalem Post um, on December 8th. That's when the story broke. And we just got our space program going. Supposedly. Um, you know, at, supposedly, well, it's been going since the 80s, but, but you know, now they're, I'm, I'm hoping that Biden doesn't decide to shut it down. Uh, the space program that we know of, like going to the moon and things like that, that's like, Kindergarten stuff. The advanced yeah, yeah, and the advanced stuff is is already going on, and it's going on primarily on Mars. So yeah, mm-hmm. I uh, you know it, I don't think it makes much difference what we do with the moon. Besides, it's pretty convincing now that uh, there are aliens on the backside of the moon, and they really don't want us messing around with them. Yeah, and you know, in in the grand scheme of things. Um, our political system is nothing compared to humanity's destiny of, you know, beyond this planet. So that my thought was always that this planet would have to come together and act as one. And it doesn't doesn't look like we're anywhere near close to that. <laughs> in so, fact, I think we're in worse shape right now than we have been in my lifetime as far as getting I would, along. I would, oh, Yeah. I mean, throw a pandemic in there and see what you get. Um, yeah, it's it's very. Uh, I can remember times of peace. I really can't. I, oh, at least when I thought it, the world was peaceful. Um, but today, it's it's more frightening than ever. And I don't know if if this is something we have to go through in order to find peace, or I. I there's so much anger that uh, it 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 boggles my mind. Um, there's a lot of fear, and um, that again adds to you know separatism as opposed to let's get together. the The United States, when 9/11 happened, the world stopped and everybody came together. There have been a few times when something like that happens and everybody drops their differences and, and binds together. Um, I'm not seeing that happening with this pandemic. It's, it's, we're afraid of one another and uh, you know, we're banning trips, you know, people from this country or that country because of something that's coming our way. And um, this is, this is a time that, that I've never, I mean, I'm, I'm only 76 76, 77. I'm in there. Someplace. You don't know. I don't um, know what I can do to help you. 
Nothing is. It's in, I'm in my seventies, and um, and and I don't remember this kind of fear and isolation ever before in my life. Um, I work from home. I'm not as isolated. I, I I'm isolated anyhow. So so a, a lot of this hasn't touched me the way it's touched the general population, and I've never seen anything like it. And it's a very sad thing to observe. And, you know, if we come out of it, I'll be, I'll be so happy. But it doesn't feel like that that's going to happen anytime real soon. So we'll just muck around and, and keep going. And um, I have to thank you so much for, for bearing with my technical difficulties here. But I think I got them figured out. Okay. All righty. So... <laughs> You got everything we need for tonight, and and uh, I I hope that uh, your audience have got something out of it. If nothing else, they'll remember oh. Yanaguni. Well, and Skyships over cashiers, please do check out that website. It is an amazing website. I I I am so delighted that Mary takes time out to spend an hour a month here with us because it's a website that should be seen. There's so much information. The archives are there. It will it will titillate you. You will find yourself driven to investigate, which is the best way of teaching ever. And and it's just it's so brilliantly done. It's graphically you know attractive. And and it, and if you if you don't read any of her other books, read Bigfoot Beyond the Footsteps because it is. I'm sorry, Mir. I love that book so much. <laughs> Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. It's just a nice kind of loving story. Yeah, her other books are really good, too. But Bigfoot Beyond the Footprints is the kind of book you want to sit down and read with your kids because I cried at certain times in it. It was so beautifully done. So um, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. It's my favorite. (laughs) I've given it as gifts all over the place. (laughs) So, So, Mary, thank you again. And Merry and, Christmas. And um, hopefully, oh, to you too. And I look forward to next month and can't wait to see what you dig up. All righty. You take care. Good night now. Night, night.